Hey, what's going on? This is Troy Erickson from the Secrets of Scale podcast and copywriting.org. And today I'm actually super pumped. Um, I have somebody on who I've been following for probably the last three or four years. At that time, I was starting out and I thought he was unreachable. And over the last year or two, um, through my friend Jason Wojo and also just going to this person's events, I've gotten to know him pretty well. And he's a very honest guy with a lot of interesting opinions that he's gone on to sell $75 million of courses with all of this knowledge that he has. A lot of you have seen him around the internet, and maybe you're a fan just like me. I'd like to welcome Jason Capital. Hey, man. Uh, great to be here, hanging out with you, and um, I'm excited to do this. Awesome. Yeah, so um, we are going to post this right on copywriting.org, and there's a lot of people who follow you uh, because you started out in copy, eventually that went into a lot of other things, but how did you get started as a copywriter? Really good question. So I, uh, I was at Michigan state university. I was 20 years old. I was in my dorm room. Um, and I just knew I didn't want to have a nine to five life. And so I wanted to find a different way out. And this was 2009, by the way. Uh, so long before the world of, you know, click funnels and VSLs, VSLs weren't even invented yet. It wasn't even a thing. Uh, and, um, I had, I just had to find a way out. And my idea was, well, what if I sell a program online um, based on the only thing I was an expert at, which was training basketball players, because I'd played in college and that's what I did my whole life. And so I created an ebook and videos teaching basketball players who were in high school how to get better handles so that they could potentially get recruited for college basketball. That was like the idea. Uh, $47 ebook, upsells, put it on ClickBank, um, launched it, no sales. No one bought, people hit the site, no one bought, nothing happened. Uh, severely, you know, uh, embarrassing. Don't want to tell anyone. Uh, and then nothing happened. No sales the first six months online. Um, and I kind of gave up. And then I had an interaction with a guy named Elliot Hulse, who I think you are aware of. Um, he's still online today. He was already online then. And he, we just talked and he, you know, he just showed me what he was doing and it re-inspired me. And I was like, man, I got to figure this out. And something he had mentioned with another person I'd met named Craig Valentine had also mentioned was this word copywriting. And so, um, I, was like, well, let me figure this out. And so I ordered John Carlton's kick-ass copywriting secrets. Uh, and I started learning copy and I rewrote the sales letter for the basketball ebook and I relaunched it. And it went from no sales in the first six months to making $20,000 in the very first month that I relaunched it. And so um, the product didn't change. The price didn't change. The traffic didn't change. The only thing that changed was the words that I'd used to describe the product. And that made all the difference. And so obviously 20 years old, you're making 20 grand a month. Um, you know, I, I took the 20 G's and bought an Audi convertible. That was the first thing that I did, uh, obviously, because you have to. Um, and so I was hooked, you know, like a drug, I was hooked. And to me, the thing that made it all work was the copy. I could have the best product in the world and no one would know about it if I didn't know how to tell the story about the product in order to sell it. And so I got hooked on copy and, you know, that was 14 years ago. I haven't looked back since. That's amazing. Now, um, I can relate to a lot of that too, being a college baseball player, finding copywriting. So there's some similarities there. Um, I went to a couple of events like Copy Accelerator that really, you know, helped me accelerate. Um, if I remember correctly, you met Craig Valentine and he wrote something on a napkin to you that, that, that really changed your life. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, man. So this was uh, about a month before I relaunched my product. And there was a, an event in Washington, DC in 2009 called the Underground Online Seminar. Uh, Yannick Silver was a guy who put it on. He was a big internet marketing guru back then. Tickets were $3,500 a piece. Um, no way I could afford it. I'm a kid in college who hasn't made any sales. Uh, but they were giving away scholarships to like 10 young entrepreneurs under the age of 25. And so I applied, didn't make the cut. 
Uh, and so like a week before the event, though, I get a call from the event coordinator. Her name was Shanika and she hits me back and she's like, Hey, uh, so bad news, good news, bad news. You were number 11. You didn't make the cut. Good news. Number 10 was from Pakistan. Her government won't let her come to the United States. Do you want the spot? And I'm like, fuck yeah, I want that spot. Uh, and so I had to borrow money to get on a flight, um, to go there. I roomed with someone else. I slept on their couch so that I could stay there for free. Uh, and at that event, I'm just like wide eyed, like look at all these internet millionaires. I remember Mike Geary was on stage. There's, I'm just like, this is so cool. And I met this guy named Craig Valentine there just in the hallway. And he just took a liking to me for whatever reason. Um, and he sat down and he was like, looked at my stuff and he was like, yeah, you know, I can help you. Um, and I will help you, but like, you have to be willing to take action. I'm like, I will do it. And he's like, and you have to be willing to invest in yourself. And I was like, I'll do that. And he was like, great. Give me a thousand bucks. Right. And I was like, oh, um, so I like check PayPal and like all the money I have, you know, I have like $18 in this PayPal and like I have an eBay account. So like I get it all together. I give him a thousand dollars, which is basically all that I had sits me down and he writes on a napkin, a plan. He's like, here's what you need to do. We're at a hotel bar. He just pulls a napkin, writes it, gives it to me. I take that napkin. Um, I go back to my Michigan state, the dorm room. And then I execute exactly what he said. I didn't try and change it or anything. And, um, it was his plan plus, and part of his plan, by the way, was like, study these copy books, get better at copy. And so putting that together was the key. Um, and so Craig, Craig's amazing. I think, you know, Craig as well, just, just like a badass dude and, um, had a huge impact on my life. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's really cool to, you know, still connect with the people who inspired you at first. And, uh, another thing that I always wonder is, you know, you sold $75 million worth of courses on the internet, but it's not just in coaches, coaching coaches on how to coach coaches. There's so much of that out there, but it's like, you played basketball, you taught basketball, uh, you're very into dating, taught dating, you know, you taught so many different things. How did you get inspired to teach people on all these different things instead of just picking one and sticking with it? It's a really good question. Um, so at, I'm, I just turned 34 last week and at this phase of my life now, I would not do what I did then. Meaning I would pick something, which I am picking something and I would stick to it for an extended period of time. Uh, so what I did is not recommended, you know, I'm not, this isn't like good advice. What I did though, is, um, I just have an insatiable, uh, thirst to learn and to grow and evolve and get better. Like that is my number one value. And so I got really good at basketball, not good enough to play pro or even major college, but I got good enough, um, that I could teach others. I trained pro players. I wrote a, you know, the ebook on it. Um, and then what happens is after a couple of years, I get bored. I get really bored and I'm like, I don't want to fucking do this anymore. Now, good entrepreneur goes great. Let me hire and train an operator and replace myself. Uh, but me, I just shut the thing down and I start something new. And so while I'm doing one thing, I am acquiring the skill of the next thing. So while I was doing basketball, I was acquiring the skill of getting better at dating. That was like my actual obsession that was going on in my life. And so when I shut down basketball, what am I going to do? Well, what am I good at? I'm really good at this thing. I have people already paying me in real life for dating coaching. Let me just turn to that. Right. And so as I grew my dating business, what I actually was working on during that whole time, yeah, I'm doing the dating stuff, but really I'm writing copy every single day and I'm coaching clients every single day. And so I'm getting better at coaching. I'm getting better at copy. And I don't, I'm not the type of person who can work for like three or five or six hours a day. And then I'll like relax the rest of the day. I don't do that. I work 12, 14 hours every day. It's what I enjoy. It's what I want to do. And so in a short period of time, I can time collapse and I can get really good at a skill. And so when I got tired of the dating thing, it was like, well, what am I going to do next? And then went into personal development, which was a huge part of the coaching. After that, it, you know, it was copy. And now it's like 
helping course sellers and coaches basically scale their businesses. So I just, I'm always working, man. I'm always learning. Um, and that's, I just, I just have this ability of, you know, I'm, I'm bad at a lot of things, but I have this ability to get good at something and, uh, and then monetize it, you know? And so that's, that's just it. Yeah. I love it. being obsessed with your craft and not being ashamed of it. Cause there's a lot of people that talk about work-life balance and Hey, that balance is different for everybody. I love working. You love working. And a lot of people listening do too. Um, and one question about that is, um, you know, there's a lot of people who are very good at what they do and they will take one avenue and just go down that route. Maybe they get really good at sales letters or VSLs or something else. But what you're doing is just so different. And you come up with so many new things. I've literally never heard anybody have an entire DM process. So to be clear, I'm in Jason's Course Lords program. And I've known for a little while, he's been good in the DMs, but I got in and it was like, damn, this is insane. This was self-founded. So how did you get to the point where you were testing such weird stuff and figuring out different ways to convert people that literally nobody else is doing? I usually by necessity, right? Uh, what do they call it? Necessity is the mother of invention or whatever. Uh, I just, I have high standards for how much money I should be making and how things should be converting. And when I'm doing something that's not at that level, I go into the world. Like if the world was a TV. I hit the off button and I lock myself in my room and I'm like, I need to figure this out. Uh, and so it's just out of necessity. And what happened with the DM stuff, for instance, and all the chat stuff that we do, uh, in 2013 to 16, when I was doing the dating stuff, my whole business was email. Um, and I wrote, I wrote an email every day. My emails were like, sometimes there were 3000 words a day. I would write, these would be full products in an email that I would write daily. And it worked incredibly well. In fact, so much well that I didn't need any other traffic source. I didn't do anything else, but write a daily email. And then it stopped working as well. Right. And it's not that email doesn't work. Obviously email still works, but the way that I used email had stopped working. And I didn't, I didn't think to like change my style. And instead I was like, email doesn't work for me the way that it did. What can I do? Uh, and where did my audience go? Because open rates are down, response rates are down. And it just was very obvious. Well, everyone's on social media now. This is where they spend their time, right? The average person uh, is spending two and a half hours a day on social media. They are texting or DMing uh, 23 hours a week now. That's, I mean, that's a full day a week. They're texting and chatting. It's insane, right? And so knowing that, I'm like, all right, well, I need to go where my prospects are and they're on social media. And so when I went on social media, I thought, well, let me take everything I've done in direct response on websites and just replicate it for Instagram, right? So I'll do uh, swipe ups and LinkedIn bio stuff to get webinar registrants and I'll run live webinars to the audience or I'll send them to a VSL or send them to a sales letter. You know what, Troy? None of that shit really worked that well uh, because it's just it was just a different beast. And so I was like, well, what can I do here? Um, and I had a, a conversation and got some help from a guy named Taki Moore, who's a Taki's an amazing human being. And he did this thing where he had been booking appointments forever by email, not by like click the link in the email and go to a lander. It was like reply back to the email and we'll have a few back and forth via email and then I'll get you booked or I'll sell you something. And he's a master at that. And so he had transferred that to SMS and he's doing a little bit on, on Facebook Messenger and Instagram DM as well. And so once I saw what he was doing foundationally, that opened the whole world of me. I was like, oh, I don't need to send them off the platform. I'll just talk with them. Like, why would I send them to a webinar? I could just freaking chat with them right here on Instagram. I never have to ask them to leave the cozy, safe world of Instagram to go to the dark, cold, scary world of websites. I'll just keep them here. And so 
we started chatting with people and they started responding. They didn't buy it first, but they started responding. And then I was like, all right, what if I do this, this, and this? All right, that'll work better. And pretty soon we'd figured out a system where I could, you know, convert people in the chat um, to buy stuff. And then you just you just start optimizing. You know, the the big uh, you made a really good point, which is that people specialize. Like, here's a VSL guy. This is a sales letter guy. That's a webinar guy. This is a neutral guy. This is a biz op guy. And the problem I think with that is you kind of become man with a hammer where everything looks like a nail and you just don't try to apply the same solution to everything. I much rather if I was coaching a marketer or a copywriter or anyone is instead of specializing on like one thing, become just an expert in persuasion and influence, right? And have have that skill set. Because if you have that skill set, then you can go into the webinar world and figure out how to convert webinar traffic because it's just influence. You can go on Instagram DM and figure that out because it's just sales. And it's the same thing everywhere you go if you have that skill set. But if you've only written VSLs for 12 years, you're going to have a really hard time um, trying to sell by chat, right? Or trying to sell in these in these other ways. And so uh, that's that's where that came from. Um, I'm always looking for new ways to innovate and, and out-convert what I'm currently doing. But the chat stuff is, I mean, dude, it's the, the greatest thing I've ever been a part of. Yeah, and it's uh, it's still in its infancy, in my opinion, because most people are not using it in the capacity that you are. Um, well, one thing I want to bring back up, too, is you mentioned that when you were starting out, you took a lot of twists and turns, and you would actually not recommend that for somebody who's new and starting out. So what would you say to an aspiring copywriter or somebody who wants to build an online course? They're kind of where you were when you were in your early 20s, and they're just not sure exactly where to go next. When you say that, do you mean that they're already making some money? A little bit. A little, like 5, 10K a month, something yes. like that? Okay. Um, so the reason I said that is, I, I think it was Einstein who said that compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. Uh, when you stay in one lane and one niche over an extended period of time, you begin to get the benefits of compound returns that you will not get if you leave after two or three years. So if someone just hits a niche super hard for 20 years straight, year one or two, no one really knows who they are. And so that, you know, they got to do extra things, but by year eight, if you've been consistent and you have a good reputation, well, you used to get all kinds of inflow and inbound that you wouldn't get simply because you've just been there for so long and everyone knows who you are and you get podcast requests and interview requests. And when people need help, they're like, oh, that's the guy. He's been there forever. Right. And so there's just a, an invisible benefit of compound returns that you get for staying in one path for a long time. There's also, you know, when you go into a new market with a new avatar, they used to learn everything new about that market and about that avatar. And so there's a learning curve every time. Whereas if you pick one thing and you stick with it, you don't have to keep doing that, you know? And so, that's that's why I say that, why I wouldn't keep hopping around. Like when I'm doing basketball, my target, you know, is like a 16-year-old basketball player who's riding the bench and not starting. Right. And that's a very different avatar than my 24-year-old who just left college and his girlfriend broke up with him and he's single and he's getting fat and he's worried about his life and he wants to get girls. Right. That's a different avatar. The guy who wants to get a copywriting client, that's a different avatar versus the one who's stuck at 30K a month and wants to go to 100 k a month. These are all different avatars that require a learning curve every time, which is expensive, right? And so um, I won't recommend it to most people. I would recommend you pick one thing and you stick with it. And the thing is about business, and no one tells you this, you're not going to see it on a Gary Fee video, is that business is boring. It's really like, I was doing a, a, a D-Day last week in Fort Lauderdale, and I was describing what business looked like. And the way I described it, Troy, it was, it was like, so you wake up, you're like this, and you go to your laptop, 
and you go like this, like all day, and then you go to bed and then you do it again the next day. And it's just the same thing every day. And as you do that, you should get smarter. So the numbers on your Google sheets or your dashboards should start to get bigger over time, but you're, you're just doing the same shit every day. And it's incredibly boring. And so, um, people think entrepreneurship looks like Gary V's life and it doesn't, it's actually just really boring and doing a few things really well, consistently, repeatedly every single day. And the longer you can do that, the bigger advantage you have. And the reality is a lot of people can't do that because they get bored and they get shiny object syndrome and they start, you know, hopping around like, like frogs on lily pads, different opportunities. Um, it's, it's sad, you know, um, there's, there's some entrepreneurs I know who were marketing online before I ever started. And they were doing the shiny object thing in 2007 and now it's 2023 and they're doing the same thing. It hasn't changed. Their income hasn't changed either. So um, my recommendation is to like pick one thing and just go balls deep into it. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, you're sounding like Warren now, compound interest. Um, (laughs) One of my favorite things he said is, you know, it's good to learn from your mistakes, but it's better to learn from other people's mistakes. Mm -hmm. And that's much easier said than done. But um, the other thing I want to say, too, is for anybody who's, uh, you know, had a background in sports, I can 100% relate to what you said, because playing baseball, something goes wrong, I'm pitching, I have 10, 15 seconds to think about what I'm going to do on the next pitch. But in mm. business, if a problem comes up, I have like a day just to think about it. And that's, mm. that's pretty cool. Um, so on that note, you're getting obviously a lot deeper into online coaching courses. You're helping people sell more based on $75 million of experience. Uh, personally, I could attest to the fact that your program is very good. Uh, I'm in the middle of a lot of things right now, and I haven't even had time to go through the full thing. And I've already received probably 10x the value over the course of the next year. So um, could you tell people a little bit more about what you're doing inside of Course Lords? Yeah. So, I mean, what we do is we work with course sellers and coaches who are in like the 20 to 40 or 50K a month range. Um, and it's kind of feast or famine for them one month good, next month bad, and they want to get consistent and they want to get consistent 100K months and up. And so that's what we show them how to do. Um, The way that we help them do it, we can kind of predict success for a lot of them is I use what I, my marketing term I call is the funnel of the future. Uh, And the funnel of the future is what I call the social funnel. So my whole thesis is that there's two funnels that everyone needs in today's digital age. One is the website funnel. That's your Instagram, your lead pages, your teachable, it's website stuff. We know those. The other one is the social funnel. And the social funnel doesn't live on a website, it actually lives on social media, it lives on Instagram, it lives on TikTok, it lives on Facebook, and it doesn't leave those platforms. It's native on those platforms. And it involves um, generating leads on those platforms and then getting them into chat conversations on those platforms and then selling them on those platforms and then showing them your short VSL, what I call your anti-VSL on those platforms and then sending them a checkout link on those platforms. And so the entire process is contained on Instagram or contained on Facebook or contained on TikTok. Uh, and so that's the funnel that I use to sell courses and coaching programs. Um, and the cool thing about that is because it's chat, there's no long form VSLs. There's no, you know, 60 minute webinars. Uh, there's no sales calls. Like there's none of it. It's just chatting with people, which is by the way, what everyone does today. Like I mentioned the stat before they spent 23 hours a week chatting. The other benefit of selling by chat and DM closing and, and selling on the social funnel is that if I have to book a call with you, for instance, that is um, your time 
that I like, I had to go on your calendar and find a time that worked for you that you had available. And now I have to set aside an hour of my life to get on a call, which is friction for most people, even if they want to attend the call. But when you're chatting with someone and you message me, I don't have to reply right now. I could reply in an hour. I could reply tomorrow. Maybe when I'm taking a poop, I'll reply. Right. Um, so on the social funnel and when I'm chatting with you, it's on my time, not your time. And people really like that. And that's why we see response rates are so much higher. People like, it's just, I'll give you another example. The average person checks Instagram 27 times a day. And so if your funnel, your social funnel exists on Instagram, they're basically checking your funnel 27 times a day. Now, how the hell could that ever happen if you had a website funnel? No one checks, no one goes to your click funnel 27 times a day to see if there's any updates, you know? And so um, I'm a huge believer in the theory of meet them where they're at and where they're at right now is on social media. And I think that's where everyone should be. Yeah, that's cool too. And another thing I want to point out about this is the funnel doesn't end in the DMs and Jason hasn't even explained. And, you know, I, I've learned these things. I don't know how much I could say without somebody joining, but after somebody purchases, the funnel keeps going. I just spoke at Onyx and Gall's event this weekend. Gary Ambrose was there and he talked about the concept of extending your funnel. And I think you do an amazing job at that. Can you offer any insight onto some things core sellers should be doing after they close somebody to make sure that they're constantly ascending their customers? Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. So the biggest mistake I see with um, the... So our program is called Lords. So with the Lords that I get, there's a couple mistakes that I see that they have. One is they offer confusion. Um, they're not sure what they should be offering on the front end. They offer different people different things because I want this and I want that. All right, I'll make something for you. And it's kind of all over the place. Um, they don't have predictable lead generation systems. That's the second one. And then the third one is that their LTV sucks. There's no other way to say it. Um, and they don't know that it sucks because their LTV is about the same as everyone else's that they talk to. So they think that it's good but it's really not because most people's LTV sucks. Uh, and so when someone buys your thing, your program or your course or whatever it is, that first sale, that's, it's cool. Like, cool. They bought something, but the game just started. The people who are going to make the most money in any niche are the ones who are going to maximize the LTV of that customer with uh, resells, affiliate sales, upsells, uh, cross sales, and then Ascension sales. And the Ascension to me is, is the big one, right? And so what I like to do is I like to bring people in on the front end for uh, a six-week thing, eight-week thing, 12-week thing, something like that, where there's a clear outcome as to why you joined. Um, so that that's the front end thing. We help you get that outcome. And then it's like, I want to I ascend you into a one-year commitment or a two-year commitment or a three-year commitment. I know some people who do seven-year commitments after that, right? And so if I get someone on the front end for, let's call it uh, $1,000 for seven weeks or something like that, cool, right? But then if I send them on a three-year deal at 800 bucks a month after that, well, now that customer is worth 800 times 12, 9,600 times three, call it $28,000. That customer is now worth 28 grand over the next three years, right? And making that sale on the front end hard, but making it after they bought a $1,000 thing for me first and I helped them and they got a win and they got a result in the first thing. Well, it's like, if they got a win on the first thing, why wouldn't they want to keep going? You know? And so and it's like, my standard is I think half of your front end people should be ascending into your most expensive thing. I think if you're doing that, that's your KPI. You're like, I'm doing a good job. And by the way, if you're doing that, you're rich as fuck. Your grandchild will drive a Lambo if you can do that. And so I think that's the whole business. And then the, the invisible benefit of all this is 
You ever seen that movie Crazy Stupid Love with Ryan Gosling and Steve Carell? I just work, man. I don't watch a lot of movies. <laughs> okay. It came out in 2011. You should, it's funny. You should check it out at some point. Uh, but there's this great scene in it where Ryan Gosling is like this cool playboy and he's giving Steve Carell, who's this loser divorced dad, a makeover to make him good with women. That's the idea. And so he takes him shopping to like get new clothes, right? And they're looking at jeans and Steve Carell is like, dude, I don't need to see any more jeans. My jeans are fine. And Ryan Gosling goes, no, they're not. And he just walks out of the room, right? And Steve Carell follows him. He's like, where are you going? And Ryan turns around and stops. And he goes, look at me, Cal. He goes, be better than the gap. Be better than the gap. It's like, all right, I'm better than the gap. And what he means is like, don't just wear jeans from the gap. If you want to play at a high level, like get some nice jeans that fit you well, et cetera, et cetera. And so what I say is instead of be better than the gap is be better than the CAC. And the CAC is the cost to acquire a customer. And so when most people think about media buying or how do I get traffic or that kind of thing, they want tactics. What's the secret Facebook master ad strategy or TikTok to lower my, you know, my CPMs and my, my click-through rate and my cost per lead and all that stuff? Um, and they're thinking about it wrong because what the lead costs on Facebook ads or what the customer costs on Facebook ads, that's just what it costs. That's it. Shouldn't get mad about it. That's whatever the cost is, that's the cost. And if I can't afford to pay that number, that's not about Facebook. That's about me. And I need to do a better job of monetizing my customers and ascending them through my funnel so that they're worth so much to me that I have so much margin that I can take a chunk of that margin and I can go back to the auction called Facebook ads. And I can outbid all of my competitors to acquire as many customers as I want because I can be blind to the cost and it will not matter because I'm so good at monetizing these people. I hear from certain people when they join our program, they're like, yeah, you know, I did ads for a while and then my ads stopped working. And I'm like, oh my God, you're paying Facebook and they didn't show your ads to anyone. They're like, well, no, they were showing my ads to people, but like the cost went up. And I was like, so they didn't stop working. They're like, well, they didn't work for me. And I'm like, yeah, they didn't work for you because you can afford it. The ads work. Every ad platform works. Facebook works, TikTok works, YouTube works, LinkedIn works. They all work. It's just, you can't afford it. And so what we need to do as marketers is just be better at marketing and producing results for our clients so that they want to ascend and spend more money so that we can have more margin to then be able to afford whatever it costs to actually grow our business. And so that's that's how I think about growing these businesses. It's a little bit counterintuitive. Most people don't think of it that way. Um, but like when I'm working with my media buyer on our ads to our call funnel, let's say, like we don't really look that closely at cost of like cost per book call. Like he does. And he's like trying to get it lower because that's what he's trained to do. And that I'm fine with that. Like if I can spend less money, I'll spend less money, but I never slow it down. I never stop. It doesn't make any sense to me because I'm just like, I'm just going to monetize these people. I know what these numbers back out to. I know that I can ascend them. I know how to do it. And so let's just like, it's not, I want it, I want it to cost this much. It's I need 27 book calls today. That's what we need to get. Whatever it costs, it costs. Let's just do that. That is a clinic in the long game. And it, it's hard to recognize that when you're starting out. Um, but yeah, that that's just loaded. You could charge $9.97 for what you just said right there. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if somebody does want to check out Course Lords, what should they do? Um, just send me an email, jason at highstatus.com uh, and just put Lords in the subject line. So just type Lords and then I can just message them back. Awesome. Well, Jason, obviously, you know, I've been following you for a while. Um, it's amazing to have you on the podcast. Thank you for dropping a lot of knowledge bombs and uh, appreciate you being here. Dude, great hanging with you, man. I love what you're doing and I'm um, looking forward to helping you smash it.
Well, thank you. And if anybody wants to catch the next episode of the Secrets of Scale podcast, you can do that on all your favorite platforms, especially YouTube. And uh, don't forget to check out copywriting.org because we've got a lot of A-listers just like Jason. So I'll see you on the next one and have a good one.